0: Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. Uh, so gives us the life. Live. The reality is, he is all things beautiful, capital B, and so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Mark Holcroft in studio in Fargo, joined by...
2: Teresa Curley.
1: Teresa Curley. If any of you are regular listeners and you're thinking, I thought she was a Sioux Falls girl. She's a Sioux Falls girl, but she's with us in Fargo today and we're excited. Uh, So I'm excited to have you, Teresa. Thanks for being here. Um, And we are so blessed with our guests this morning. We have a variety of guests, some coming in, some joining us by phone this morning our first guest is with us uh so she's in studio with us jody clemens you might recognize her name she's been with us a few times Mm -hmm. always such a powerful story to share with all of us um to be honest when jody comes in i have to be careful to not like just look at her and realize (laughs) we have to oh yeah there's a conversation here so um so jody thanks for joining us Um, this morning
2: my privilege to be here thank you oh
1: thank you um all good things start with prayer and so I want to I jump into this, this morning's program. As I already mentioned, we're excited to have Jody. So let's pray, and we'll go right in. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for the gift of this morning. We thank you for the gift of life, of love, of faith, and of hope. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would animate in each of us here mm-hmm. in the studio, and animate each of us in our homes, and our cars, perk our ears, open our hearts, Dispose us to your grace this morning. We just ask that you would pour forth all your graces on us to receive all that you desire for us, all that you desire for us. And Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession to each of this morning's segments And here and now. Together, if you're out there, please join us. Hail Mary, full of grace. Grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is is the fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God. God, Pray for for us sinners sinners. now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, again, welcome to Real Presence Live with Jody Clements and Jody. Some of our listeners like, okay, that's great. You know her. I don't know her. So, (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: I sure can. Um, First of all, I'm a wife. I'm a mother, and I'm even a grandmother. But most importantly, I'm a child of God's. Amen. God has saved me. um, I'm a speaker. I'm a pro-life advocate on the local, state, and national level. I have been actively involved in pro-life work for four decades, which really ages me. I know that. But also in a variety of organizations, including pregnancy resource centers, maternity home, adoption agency, sidewalk advocates for life, 40 days for life, and numerous post-abortion ministries. But... Teresa, is that right? Yes. Yes. My real, real passion is to help men and women who are suffering the very negative aftermath of abortion. Um, I was humbled to be instrumental in editing the first national post-abortion Bible study years ago. Really? Yeah, and I continue today to facilitate studies offering hope and healing in Christ to those suffering from abortion. Um, I also facilitate a group of... Women call the pals, and maybe some of your uh, listeners have heard of us. We are women who share our journey from guilt and shame and grief to forgiveness, hope, and healing in Christ. And God has opened so many doors as these women are willing to go forth and really just share the raw story of what abortion is like, how it affected them, what was their life before, what was their life after, and God just continues to open doors. So we have spoken North Dakota, Minnesota, on various various venues, um, maybe to about 163,000 people. And that is not, we don't even advertise. So yeah. God, God does something there. I'm also married, uh, which uh, to a, a wonderful man named David. And we are blessed to have four children and Excellent. seven grandchildren.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. So, Jody, you mentioned pals, and that I just shared earlier before. Before we went on air, um, that was my experience of first meeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, I think it was 10 years ago Probably, or so. Yeah. And that was when I was up in Crookston. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was telling Teresa a little bit about that experience. And one of the things, because you already introduced it, you said raw. Uh, yeah. And it is, it's raw, it's real. Um, and of course, when we can get caught up like, okay, for any of our listeners tuning in this morning and, you know, wow, okay, there's... There's a lot going on right now in the pro-life movement. Of course, the question at hand uh, for so many in, in regards to Roe v. Wade. And yes, we're we're well aware of um, all the hyper-sensitive and hyper activity out there. Um, but one thing remains, in all this, and this is where I'm so grateful for you coming in uh, for your courage to continue to speak on this, Jody. Um, it's it's just, but the truth, mm-hmm. the truth is really not shared, you know. And that was one of the things when I was present to that 10 years ago, and, I, and I've heard it a couple of times since, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a different group of ladies it is. sharing. And I'm always struck. It's not just truth, because I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of people like truth is truth and you got to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And while there's some truth to that, speaking of mm-hmm. um, how we say it matters, truth mm-hmm. with charity, mm-hmm. and I'm always blown away by the humility. It's always such a gut check for me when you hear this, the the humility, the vulnerability, and how the Holy Spirit just, you know, in a certain sense just overruns the room because of the humility uh, to it. Anyway, I, you, please get, <laughs> share more. I, that's yeah. just, um, cause I, I just think that's one of the things that gets lost in it.
2: Yeah, and I, and I would agree with that, that the whole, you know, we pray before every presentation and we do see just God doing miraculous work. but we're always... You know, as we go out and share, we have two purposes. One is to reach out to other women who have been harmed by abortion, because they are in the audience often. Um, mm-hmm. But also really to educate the church and the public on the negative effects of abortion. Because yeah. people don't know that. They really, really do not know how does this affect women. And um, and it affects us. You know, someone who's had an abortion myself, and I work with post-abortive women I can tell you that abortion impacts nearly every aspect of our life, emotionally, spiritually, and oftentimes even physically, to the point where you can't have other children or you are damaged in abortion. Um, And and when I look at the panel, you know, we speak from prior to our abortion. You know, um, what what was life like prior to your abortion? And I can tell you that most women who have an abortion... And it's important that your listening audience knows this because they always go, well, why do women have an abortion? Why? Well, I can tell you what happens before an abortion. Please do. I will. Mm. Um, we as women who find ourselves in unplanned pregnancies, it's not a situation that we want it to be in. So our first emotion, if you listen to people speak who've had abortions, how did you feel? Our emotions are like fear, distress, mm-hmm. you know, um, Finding a way out of this, you know, oftentimes what we're looking for when we go for an abortion is how to solve a problem. Do you understand that? It's looking at what can I gain? We're not looking at what we're going to lose or we wouldn't go in there. Mm -hmm. So we're often doing this. We believe that abortion will solve a problem. Like for me, I was a teacher. So I wanted to solve a problem by preserving my career. I was even told that if you have an abortion, you can go on and have a real life with a real future. Well, that all sounded good to me at that time. Or women look at, at, at hiding their present life choices. I have a lady on the panel who was young, didn't want her parents to know that she was, had bought into the sexual freedom message. Hmm. So she calls the abortion clinic and they arrange for her to have an abortion without ever telling her parents. So we're looking at ways, unfortunately, to solve a problem when we walk into those. And we believe so many lies. We really believe lies before we go on. And we believe things like abortion is legal, so it must be
1: right. Well, and just, isn't this almost um, the, the human instinct to protect oneself? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're vulnerable and you're weak and you're very emotional um, and you, you're, you're just looking to hear what almost what you want to hear, but human nature, and, and not just abortion either, mm-hmm. if someone can pose what seems like a solution... You know, it's a quick solution, and you're not, you're not thinking through the consequences.
2: You're not at all thinking that way. Again, like I said, we're looking for ways, to, you know, it might be to, to uh, save a relationship with a father of the baby, which is really an important thing for a woman. Sure. When I when I found out I was pregnant, I'm not a woman who kept my pregnancy even a secret. A lot of women, most women keep their abortion a secret. I went to people that I trusted in the past, believing, of course, they're going to have my best interest at heart because they love me. And all of those people that I talked to, including the father, the baby, wanted to have the abortion. Mm. So again, I'm looking for ways to preserve my career, save the relationship with the father. But I want to tell you, it's not only that, we believe so many lies that we're totally unaware of before we go into there that lead us down a long path after our abortions of self-destructive behavior, you know, emotional stress and spiritual confusion and everything that we thought we would gain by having that abortion, the majority, 90%, I'd say, the time we lose. We can't keep the secret forever. We lose. I lost my career. I couldn't teach anymore. This happens to us. The relationship with the father breaks up. So you have to start thinking everything we thought we'd gain. And we have an enemy who is called the father of lies. And he will flood our minds with every thought about how abortion is harmless before we go in there. And when we walk out, the father of lies becomes the accuser. And he puts us in a position of telling us that we're hopeless. He switches that fast on us that we go in there thinking, no harm, no harm, no harm. And we come out. And I can tell you, when we walk out of that abortion clinic, every woman that I've talked to, their life has drastically changed in every way that I addressed up, your spiritual confusion. We believe we've now crossed a line where God could never, ever, ever forgive us, that we have committed a sin that is too big and too bad. And not only could God not ever forgive us, we can never forgive ourselves.
1: Well, Jody, one of the things I appreciate um, and I've, over the years and when I've been able to interact with you is you really bring that awareness, the real awareness of spiritual warfare into these moments and into the spiritual life. We are spiritual people. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think that's also one of those pieces that just gets forgotten. We, mm-hmm. that, that in that desperation, we forget that we're made in the Lord's image. You introduce yourself, but most importantly, you're a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And mm-hmm. so we forget that. So we forget the reality, the deeper reality of that battle of good and evil. And so it's, it's almost no surprise that what's going to be most attacked is life. Life reveals so much goodness. Mm-hmm. And so that, that it would be attacked, um, life in, in any form at any age. You know, the most vulnerable, the most innocent. You know, the word, I think we were talking earlier, and just barbaric. Um, mm-hmm. It is, and it's merciless. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's, there's those point to very deep, dark lies.
2: They're, very, they're very deep, dark lies, and yet they're... As women, when we enter that abortion clinic, we have to set that all aside. As women, as women, we have hearts that God has created to nurture and to love our children. And by the time we walk into that abortion clinic, that whole emotion, it's like we have hearts of stone and there's bricks around our heart that say, I cannot go there because if we did go there, if we let that emotion rise, that God given emotion to mama this baby to be a mommy to this baby, we wouldn't do it.
1: Well, we, have, uh, yeah. we
2: have emotionally shut down at that point when we mm-hmm. walk into the abortion clinics, you know. And again, when we walk out, I can tell you what happened to me, in a, and I'll be very non graphic in this, but when I walked into that abortion facility, I remember the first emotion that I had was this. I wanted to hide. It was like, I wanted to disappear. Like, don't see me and I won't see you. Now, looking back, I now, I now know that I was already feeling shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. And I really believe, you know, God says, with every temptation I will give you a way of escape. And I believe that moment I walked in there was that my way of escape because my emotions started shifting and I didn't take it. I did not take that. Going on from there, after I sat there, my name was called to go back to the procedure room. I can just tell you very briefly that what I experienced in that procedure room, everything that I tried so hard to deny, now became a reality as I laid laid there during the procedure, knowing that my baby was now dying or dead. And I also knew this, that what I had done, I could never, ever, ever undo That is one of the things with abortion that we are not thinking through before we walk in there. There's many decisions that we make in life that we regret and we can make restitution for. That is not true with abortion. I cannot go back to that day and I cannot bring
1: that baby back. I can't do it. So it's a it's a forever decision. It is Jody. We already need to jump into a break. Okay. Um, so um, we'll come right back after the break. We're going to hear so when from Jody. Uh, how did she realize or what? When did she realize that she needed to seek healing? Um, so there is good on the other side of the break. There Stay is. with us on Real Presence Live. Okay. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR
1: Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts in Fargo studio, Mark Holcraft, joined with.
0: Teresa Curley.
1: And Teresa will say stuff soon. I'm (laughs) just sitting here uh, in awe,
0: just processing your story.
1: It's pretty easy to do. It it really is. Um, But before we left for the break, you were sharing just quickly, but your own experience, Mm -hmm. what was going on in your mind. And -hmm. and you're on the table Mm -hmm. having the procedure. Can you Mm -hmm. pick up from there? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and and, um, that moment changed my life. It really did because, like I said, I knew what I had done. I could not undo. Um, Taken to the recovery room, I started thinking of scriptures that I'd er- learned earlier in life, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for life. And Satan was just attacking me, saying, what you've done, yeah. what you've done, you know, you're going to sow what you reap. I left that place, as many women do, um, and I vowed leaving that abortion clinic. And this is true. You have to know this. of Most women who have an abortion that I would never talk about this again, and this would be my forever secret. And that's how women live after abortion. They live with this secret sin in their life. When we live, women who've had abortion that I work with and who I do recovery groups with, if you were to ask them how they feel, they would say, I feel I'm living in shame. I feel like I'm living in isolation, like no one understands me. I have overwhelming guilt, fear, regret, and I'm so afraid other people are going to find out, you know. We often feel like this. We feel like a disgrace to ourselves, first of all, and our families, and then we feel like a disgrace to society, but more importantly, we feel like a disgrace to our church, and we're so afraid of approaching the church, which is the very place we should run, but oftentimes we don't. Because we're dealing with this overwhelming guilt and grief and so ashamed. Oh, the shame.
1: That's, that's so what I'm hearing. So ashamed
2: of what we do. You know, for me, when I left that abortion clinic, I knew immediately that I needed help. But because of what, just, because of what I just mentioned, I lived in fear that others would really find out who I truly was. And the average amount of time um, that a woman keeps an abortion a secret is 10 years Silence, secrecy, guilt, isolation. I worked with women 10, 20, 30, 40 years after their abortion or finally come in. But I also want you to know there are, unfortunately, women who take this to the grave, never talking about it and just living in that state forever. Um, the healing process for me, um, when we move into healing a little bit yeah. and how do women find healing, but my healing process was very unique. Um, in that there wasn't a lot of abortion recovery groups around. I was had entered a marriage um, not telling my husband about my abortion, which is not uncommon. I thought, if you knew before he married me, he'll never marry me. And every day after we were married for years, I would lay my head on the pillow at night and think, if he ever really finds out who I am, he will leave me. This is true yeah. for many women who've had an abortion. So for me, um, I was... all. Most women, again, who have an abortions are engaging in some form of self-destructive behavior. And there's a reason for that. And if we have time, I'll get into that. But um, my choice of self-destructive behavior was alcohol. It tried to bury the grief, bury the sorrow, bury this. There's women that cut. There's women that have eating disorders. I could go on and on and on with what women do. But so what I did not know was that God had never stopped pursuing me and that he'd never stopped loving me. I thought it was way beyond that. So it happened to me. I was sitting at home one night, alone in my home, in the dark. I now had four children. Okay. Okay? And there, they were all gone. My husband was gone. And um, I happened to turn on the TV. And there was a pastor on there, priest, pastor. Um, and my first in- instinct was turn the channel. Just turn the channel. I'm not going to watch this. So I did turn it. But something inside of me said, turn back, turn back. Now, I can tell you that talk went on for a long time, but there was one verse where I felt that this person was talking directly to me, and it was from the scriptures, and it said this. It's a Bible verse. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but for those who are sick and need of a physician. And I looked, and I felt like he was talking right to me. And he said, I'll say it again. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick, and that was in need of a physician. See, in my mind, in the minds of many women who've had an abortion, like I said, we're, we, we just feel we're too far beyond. Or that Jesus came for the good people in the church. That's why we're a little bit intimidated by the church to go there. Because we go there, and we look at people, and we go... They're also put, they're also put together.
1: And that stigma is still very present oh, today. It's very present. Right. That they, they yes. haven't put together. Yes. Um, they're they're yes. the people that belong here, which is that's exactly far what from we the do. truth. But yeah.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you the other group that post abortive women are so afraid of, which is so ironic too, is the pro-life community. Because we feel like they don't they don't like women who've had abortions, which sure. is so untrue too. So the two groups you should run to, the church where we can confess you can repent all those things. It's like no, 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 no. But when I heard that ver- that verse, no, 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 he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. I fell to my knees in my living room, all by myself, and I cried and I said, "God, if that is true, I am one sick woman, and unless you save me, I surely shall die." Wow. And I can tell you at that point, it was a, it was, if the heavens opened, and I had an experience with God where His grace and His mercy just started. Flooding my soul, flooding my soul. And he started stitching together, not immediately, but stitching together, um, this very wounded woman that I was. And he really did that because he put in my heart such a hunger and thirst for the word of God. You know, I just sat like, you know, the deer panted after water, so my soul panted after learning who is this God that can do this. Um, and after an extended time, God told me to go and tell. Go and tell. Now I would love to say that I jumped <laughs> right on that, but you'd yeah. be knowing I still hadn't told my husband and my children about my abortion. And you would think I would, have, but I didn't. But with God's help, with God's help and God's intervention, um, I eventually told my husband um, just unconditional love and forgiveness. And I also told my four children before I knew them, but before I before I knew God, before I knew them, had them even. I had an abortion, and one by one, they just got up and embraced me. And it was, you know, we, we're so afraid to tell people is my point. And the response we get, whether that's to go to a, a confession and, and confess to the priest that this is what I've done, and you have to listen to the stories of when, when this happens, and just the freedom that we find once this emotional trauma that we've kept so long inside of us, it just erupts like a well, and all these tears that have been stored up are shed. And we go out and we tell that that is what the pals is, you know. Um,
1: the image of Mary Magdalene comes to mind when she washes Jesus' feet. Yes. You know, and a tradition tells us Mary Magdalene who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. Yes, um, and how he received it, and yes. and that's so powerful. That image of, I mean, in a certain sense, you're washing your own tears, but that release came, that flood of tears, the flood of grace by the forgiveness of your kids, of your husband. That's that's amazing, and I think it's mm-hmm. so true for any of our listeners. Like mm-hmm. this is, it's potent in the um, the secrecy of abortion. Um, yes. And not to belittle that in any way. I just can't help but think, though, in the secrecy of these deep dark sins.
2: Yes, you know, yes.
1: Um, and what we do, and just the knots we tie ourselves up in. It's you know.
2: bondage. I mean, you really it talk is. about the bondage of abortion. This is how women go from walking out of an abortion clinic to total emotional, spiritual, and physical. Because physically, we are dealing in self-destructive behavior, so that we move into just this pure bondage we are living in self-made prisons
1: and so you talk bondage and now we're t- and then we come back to this this freedom because you were just describing a beautiful yes. visual of just the freedom yes. that just washes yes. over yes, you
2: it is and herein lies the good news you know that women who have engaged in abortion you are not without hope if you are listening today and you have kept your secret like i count mine you need to know that you are not without hope and what happens when you when what when i started or women start exchanging the lies that we have believed and start instead believing the truth of god we do find true redemption mercy forgiveness and healing and it is a journey one thing i would like your listeners to know is this there are a lot of women that say well i've confessed i've confessed i confessed i confessed but i still feel guilty sure and this is the important thing that that people know, and please listen to me, if you've heard nothing else, I say know this, that forgiveness is immediate. When you go and you confess, and the the scriptures even say that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that is immediate. But listen, my friends, healing is a journey, and every woman heals at a different rate, at a different pace. So the important thing that you need to know is, yes, ask forgiveness, and then find a healing ministry. Find a healing ministry. Find abortion recovery groups. I can tell you to call the Diocese, the the Respect Life office in your diocese, and they will lead you to a post-abortion ministry. And if your diocese doesn't have one right now, they will most likely be able to bring you to a woman who's had an abortion. And just to sit with that woman and to listen to her, you know, it's during these healing journeys that we really, women who had abortions, can exchange the pain that we have felt for the peace of God. And all that fear that we have felt for years, we can exchange it for God's freedom. And listen, that grief that we have carried for years is exchanged for God's grace. Women who've had abortion, listen, you can be fully forgiven, deeply healed, and restored completely. I'm living proof of that. And if God did it for me, he's going to do it for every, every woman who reaches out. I encourage you, if you're listening, go for help. Find healing. Don't let Satan keep you with the secret sin. The secret sin will destroy you, and it needs to be told. That is where Satan wants you in bondage god wants you in freedom run into his arms
1: jody i don't want to add anything more to that um thank you and that's what i guess is one of the beauty i don't want to add but i'm going to add uh (laughs) one of the beauties of pals because even some of our listeners will okay that's good for you jody but pals speaks to the deeper and broader reality there are other women out there who have experienced you know different stories but the same freedom that you're discussing exactly we need to jump into our break. Um, Jody, gosh, it, it did fly by, um, <laughs> which is always the case. Thank you so much for joining oh. us this morning. Yes. Um, when we come back on the side of the break, we'll be joined uh, on the phone by Joe Rutten from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You might recognize the name. I know he wants to discuss, uh, and not just an event, Faith and Business, but much more what's behind that event. So stay with us on Real Presence Live.
0: Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live